Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by Aaron Keller. And today, our guests are joining us over Zoom. We have Samantha Fino and Sarah Hale joining us from our eastern region. They're our game biologists, which is pretty fitting, being that the big game application period has opened and it's Women's Month. So we're kind of doing a two-in-one here. So Welcome, both of you. Sam, did I get your last name right? That's right. Yep. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's usually the first question I ask before we start the podcast, and I forgot to do that. So um, let's just start with you. So you are brand new for to Endo. Yes, I started uh, January 10th. So really just these last two months <clears throat> have been my first experiences on the job. Okay, and how how is it so far? Um, I really enjoy it. This is kind of my first big girl job, if you will. Um, I've been in grad school for the last six years, so um, I'm really excited to take all of my knowledge and apply it. And um, I haven't gotten that involved in management prior to this position, so I'm excited to um, really dive into that and working more with the public and hunters and quotas and you know bag limits and things of that nature and um, how science can really inform uh, management of populations most efficiently. Nice. Well, we're happy to have you on board. Could you tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from before this? You said you just finished grad school. Yeah, um, so I grew up on the East Coast. I'm not a Nevada native. Um, I did my undergraduate at University of Delaware in wildlife conservation and management. Um, and then from there did my master's at West Virginia University. I studied uh, Lyme disease and ectoparasites on the small mammal community and transmission rates between vector and hosts. Um, and then I did my PhD work at South Dakota State University studying um, the effects of coyote removal and how that trickles down into nest predator movements and space use in relation to game bird nest survival. Um, so I still haven't finished my PhD yet. I'm hoping to kind of wrap that up probably now in the fall since the spring has been pretty busy with surveys and uh, field work. But um, yeah, going to wrap that up here soon and uh, excited to dive into this job here in Nevada. Um, and what's your position with Endo, just for anybody who's listening? Yep, um, I'm a area biologist three, so uh, focusing on game game species such as uh, antelope, deer, um, elk, bighorn sheep, and uh, sage grouse primarily. It, like we said, the big game application period. By the time this airs, it's open, so you're the perfect person to have on. <laughs> Maybe later in the podcast, we can come back and touch on some of those species and any information you have for hunters. Um, Sarah, I want to talk to you a little bit. You are also a game biologist and you actually just got back from maternity leave. Yes, that's right. Nice. So, I'm, oh, sorry. I was gonna say, I'm, the, I'm the same position as Sam, just based out of Battle Mountain and I manage area 15. So all of the one five units and also a couple of the one four units for pronghorn. And how long have you worked at Endow? 
Um, I started in April of 2019, so I'm coming up on my third year now. So I'm I'm still learning the ropes and, and kind of getting my bearings. So sorry, Sam, it's not a quick process. <laughs> we say it takes five years. <laughs> yes, that's what I've heard. And I think I'm it might take a little bit longer because I've, I've kind of interspersed a few children. And, and then with COVID, we've kind of got a little bit of a lag in, in learning. So I think it might take a few more than five years here. <laughs> yeah. I, that is That was a crazy year. It's kind of a blur of a year. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a lost year for field work. <laughs> um, so your area 14 and 15 or part of 15 or part of 14, Sarah? Yeah, I'm area 15. I just dip into area 14 for pronghorn. It's my herd spans both areas. Right on. And so you're at a battle mountain. Yeah, that's right. Right on. And what's your background? How'd you get come to become a game biologist? Um, actually, kind of similar to Sam's. I was in grad school before this. And I guess I can go back before that. I got my undergrad degree in the Midwest in Indiana at Purdue University. And then I went on to get my master's degree at Mississippi State. And I actually worked with fire ants in conservation ag lands to kind of see how they were affecting nesting birds and how the management of conservation buffers would affect those ants and their populations. And then I went on to get my PhD at the University of Arizona. And I actually worked on a project um, evaluating whether or not prairie dogs could resume their keystone role after reintroduction. So they were actually eliminated from the landscape and the, the game and fish department there did a reintroduction effort, which kind of set up a, a perfect project for me to work on. And then after I got my PhD, I did a, a brief stint working for a nonprofit in Montana, um, but unfortunately that job didn't work out, but I did come across this job um, because of that. So I think it kind of all worked out to, to get me where I wanted to be. So I'm really looking forward to getting more into this position and, and looking at more of the management aspect. So I've had that research background and now I'm looking at actual on the ground application of that science. One of the things I love working at Endow is just hearing people's backgrounds. I feel like they sound so cool compared to, I was just a journalist. I feel like when I hear the work both of you have done, it's so interesting to me. What has been, um, Sarah, we could start with you. Um, what has been your favorite part of working in conservation so basically throughout your entire career so far what is I guess what is there anything that stands out to you I think just basically all of the field work not one project in particular but just being outdoors all the time and kind of learning wildlife in different areas so I've been in the Sonoran Desert and I've also worked in like the Tetons so it's various areas, you get to learn a lot about the, the local wildlife and you just get to be outdoors all the time. And you can also get some amazing pictures since you are outdoors all, all the time. And I think with this job, my favorite has been probably the, the sage grouse let counts, just because that's not something that you typically will see. So just knowing where those are and, and kind of having access to those makes me feel a little bit like a VIP that I get to go out and do that every morning now. <laughs> That is pretty cool. I would love to see a sage grouse. I've seen the videos and I, I don't know, every time I see them, they just make me happy, but I've never seen one in person. I'm sure if you ask a biologist, they'd be happy to take you out with them. I may have to do that at some point. I may be calling you, Sarah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
Sam, what have you had any standout moments? Um, not really a moment in particular, but I've really appreciated the network that is within the wildlife field. Um, really all the people that I've met like across the United States are very passionate about their work. And um, I think it's really nice to kind of work with people and interact with people with the same values that you have. And, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity kind of that Sarah mentioned to get involved in, with a variety of species, a very variety of locations. Um, there's a lot of ways to interact and get involved within that network. So um, I've just really loved the people that I've met and worked with along the way. That's another good point and another thing you bring up working here and just in conservation, I've noticed people, it's the most passionate group of people you'll ever meet. People care so much about what they do, which sadly you don't get that everywhere and in every job you go to. So good point there. I also think it's pretty interesting, both of um, Samantha and Sarah's backgrounds are coming from kind of all bunch of different directions where in the past we've had um, for, I don't know, just different backgrounds of people that were born and raised in Nevada and they kind of know the Nevada stuff, but both you two have backgrounds from basically all over. Um, is that, you think that's helped you kind of find your spot in conservation? I think it's helped me with getting trained up and familiar with my duties and my management areas and kind of the ins and outs of Endow. Um, I think there's a huge benefit in incorporating both, you know, Nevada natives and, and their um, experiences hunting and trapping locally, as well as those from out of state and kind of our, um, you know, experiences outside, we might bring different perspectives um, that may or may not be successful in Nevada, but it, it kind of churns the pot and, um, you know, really get, gets like people thinking um, about new ideas and different ways to approach um, issues and, and um, you know, conflicts within wildlife management. So I think components of both are having people integrated within an agency together is, is really beneficial. Sarah, what about you as your background benefited you, do you feel like? Sorry, I've got someone that just walked in the office. I'm going to shut my door real quick. Oh, no problem. I know there's a lot of noise going on outside of my office too. So excuse any background noise. <laughs> Busy time at Endo. Yeah, everyone's getting ready for the big game application period. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. No <laughs> problem. <laughs> um, we were just asking if you, if just like we had asked Sam, if you're just your diverse background has helped you in your position? Yeah, I think so. I think um, just kind of having fresh eyes coming in, there's been a few things and, and valuable discussions that have taken place because of that. And also I think it, it's made me a lot more adaptable at, I guess with my capacity to learn. Um, been a little challenging going from kind of being a, an expert on one species, like the model organism for my PhD to now having to learn all these different various species and their biology, but I'm really enjoying learning about that. So I think it, the- Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it's like, I think that that definitely is gonna keep things interesting. <laughs> the beauty of recording over Zoom. <laughs> we all um, talk, I always talk over people. So I, I'm sorry about that, but- um, oh, no worries. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. We all, we have jobs where we learn something new every day. We're always learning here and now. Every day is the same. 
And there's more I want to talk to you about. I want to get into hunting and also it's women's month. So I want you guys to share encouraging words with other women, but we're running out of time for the first half of the show. So we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we are joined by game biologist Sarah Hale and Samantha Fino. And it's perfect because we're not only celebrating Women's Month, but it's an exciting time for hunters. It's the big game application period. So we thought it'd be perfect to have a few game biologists on. And before the break, both of you were telling us a little bit about your background. Um, But we wanted to hear, Erin asked you during the break where you're both from. And it's super interesting because a lot of people we hear from on this podcast are from here in Nevada, but both of you are not. So Sam, do you want to start with telling us where you're from? Yeah, um, I'm from a small town in Connecticut called Weston. Um, I guess it's not small relative to other towns in Nevada. Um, It's about 10,000 people, but I grew up about 40 miles outside of New York City, so very much suburbia with the bumper to bumper traffic. Um, I grew up along the Long Island Sound, so um, you know, prior to my interest in wildlife, I thought I wanted to go into marine biology. Um, since that's pretty prevalent within that area. But um, yeah, slowly been ba- making my way out westward and ended up here in Nevada. How do you like it? I love it. Um, I love that there's so much public land. Um, you know, you can pull off of any really highway or road and, you know, let the dogs out and they can run around off leash. And there's a lot of hiking and outdoor recreation op- opportunities that weren't available to me in other states. Um, You know, for example, I came from South Dakota and that's about 80% of private land. So trying to get out to go hunting or, you know, just to get outside and go on a walk or a hike was very limited just because of accessibility. Um, So I'm very excited to be in a state where really the, uh, you know, the world is your oyster. (laughs) Do you think you're here for the long haul or is it just too soon to tell? Yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed the job so far. I'm learning a lot. And I think that's something um, people in the wildlife field um, share, you know, we're all kind of life learners. And um, I'm, you know, absorbing it all like a sponge, I think, and the days go by really fast, but in the best way possible. And, um, you know, kind of what Sarah said, it takes about five years, maybe to feel comfortable in your position or actually knowledgeable in your area and the resources within that area. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, spend the next couple of years here, if not longer. We'll have to get you back on the podcast after you've been here a while, and then you could fill us in on everything you've learned and <laughs> tell us where yeah. you're at with everything. <laughs> I like that we got you here so soon, though, on the podcast. Not There's people who have worked here forever and have never been on, so. Yeah, is thank it, you for having sunk, me. <laughs> has it sunken in yet? Um, being introduced as Samantha Fino, game biologist. I mean, to a certain extent, I guess I'm so used to um, being a graduate student and leading projects that I have kind of, you know, like in those very focused scopes, I have kind of been the lead 
um, you know, with with a population or with kind of a project objective, but, um, you know, not in the management side of things, you know, once, you know, hunters start calling with advice or, um, you know, tips and tricks on how to, you know, fill their tags and, you know, get their bags filled, I think that will be a whole new experience, but I'm excited to, uh, you know, get that perspective. And Sarah, the two of you were saying you have a lot in common <laughs> because you're also not from here. Um, could you tell us where where you grew up? Yeah, I, I grew up in Fishers, Indiana. And it when we moved there initially, it was kind of a small suburb um, just north of Indianapolis, but now it's up to like 90,000 people. <laughs> so oh, wow. it's become one large suburb between Indy and Fishers. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I came from the Midwest as well, and my parents were really, really good about taking us on on family vacations out west to kind of show us the, the country and nature and all of that. So that's kind of where I decided I wanted to make my way out west. So I, I took a slight detour with my master's program going to Mississippi, but as soon as I could, I got out west to, to Arizona for my PhD program and, and never looked back. I don't ever want to move back where there's no mountains or topography. I get kind of flustered going back to visit people in Indiana because there's no point of reference with landmarks. <laughs> so just one big wall of buildings and I get very turned around now. <laughs> I lived in the Midwest for a little bit and I can relate. I just, I don't think I could ever move somewhere where there's no mountains and open space <laughs> now that I've been here. Um, it's very, it's very uh, validating for me to hear you guys talk about Nevada like that. <laughs> I love it and I'm never going to move away I don't think so whenever anybody moves here and they talk about Nevada like that I always appreciate it yeah how weird Aaron you're the only native Nevadan in this podcast I I'm usually the only the odd man. <laughs> <laughs> and um Sarah how so well that you pretty much answered it uh how you like living here in Nevada um Sounds and like then you guys are both back. new to, yeah, you're both new to Nevada. So then um, you'll be non-residents for, or well, I guess Samantha would be a non-resident for this uh, application period. So, and then we asked you guys off the record, but you guys are both new to hunting, which is great. Any, um, I guess, any insight or any tips to people that are kind of looking at applying this year or in your guys' units? Yeah, I would, I would say, uh, <laughs> yeah, make sure to, to use the area biologist as a resource. And um, a lot of times I get calls and, and people think I've talked to so many other hunters and I've sent out everyone the same place, but usually I only talk to about 10 people a year for each species maybe. So, I mean, we have, we have the information, we want to share it. We want to make you guys have a successful hunt. So don't hesitate to contact your area biologist once you do get your tags. Yeah, I guess I would say, um, you know, don't get discouraged. Um, you know, I only started hunting a couple years ago when I moved to South Dakota. And it is a challenge, especially if you don't have a, a mentor. Um, so kind of like Sarah said, use your resources. Um, you know, if, if you don't see animals, or if you miss your shot, like, you know, don't give up. Um, I think I mean, again, I don't really know uh, the populations and what they've been like historically, um, but this year, you know, population numbers are down. 
Um, you know, there might be a, a decrease in tags because of that, just because we're in a, a mega drought right now. So um, again, if you're not seeing those animals, don't get discouraged and just put in the time and effort and, um, you know, hopefully it'll pay off. I love that you're both biologists, so you could give a little bit of that insight, but new hunters as well. And our whole thing is we're always trying to encourage more people to connect with the outdoors, whether it's just wildlife viewing, fishing, or hunting. So it's great to hear that both of you are new hunters. Um, how did you get started with hunting? Uh, let's start with Sarah. Yeah, um, I actually started when I was briefly in Montana, just because I mean, big game was everywhere and you could just go buy whatever tag you wanted over the counter. So I think it was a very gentle state to get an introduction to hunting in. <laughs> but I started there and just kind of being able to, to supply your own meat is what my draw was for, for hunting. Because I kind of feel like if you're going to eat meat, you should be able to, to actually go and kill your own animal because it's, I mean, that's the thing that happens to whatever meat you buy. So and ethically, I just felt like it was something I should be able to do myself. So I decided to, to kind of get into hunting and, and I've continued. So I enjoy it. It's not like I enjoy killing things, <laughs> um, which I don't think many people do, <laughs> but I just enjoy like, being able to provide meat for the family that's, I guess, organic and, and grass fed. So that was kind of my reasoning behind it. Yes, and that's a good reason and why a lot of people are getting into hunting. Um, and Sam, what about you? Yeah, my reasoning for hunting is the same as Sarah's actually, just a, a sustainable source of me and knowing where it comes from. Um, but I guess I kind of got started um, in the grad, like with uh, the graduate community that I was in in South Dakota. Um, it's a very bullet and hook type of community out there, as it is here, I think, in most of the Midwest and West in general. Um, so just having the accessibility to mentors and friends that, you know, had the decoys or, or had the gun to borrow or, um, you know, kind of the instruction that I felt you know, uncomfortable seeking out on my own. Um, I found that really the driver behind it. I don't, I don't think if I had made those, you know, relationships, I don't think I would be hunting um, just because of comfortability with, with a weapon really. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It really is about relationships. And I think um, actually a few weeks ago we did same type of podcast for women's month, but we actually had a um, woman who she's a, she's big into bass fishing. And she said the same thing. She was saying, get in, in order to start, you want to get involved with a community. Maybe it's on Facebook or the best way to do that. And then like Sarah and Sam have been saying, reach out to your biologist, get information and prepare yourself so you could head out there and be comfortable doing what you're doing. Um, and that being said, we have a couple more minutes and I did just want to ask, switch gears from the hunting and into your positions. As we've been celebrating Women's Month, we've noticed a lot of people say just there's been such an increase. They've been commenting on posts saying um, over the years, there's been such an increase of women in this field. Any encouraging words either of you would want to say to women or really anyone who's looking to get involved in a conservation related field or here at Endow? Um, Sam, you want to go first? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I think the main thing is just being willing to be flexible, um, to move around, to work with different species, to, you know, work with different people of all different life and educational experiences, just really kind of say yes to opportunities, um, not only for your own experiences and resume, if you would, but also just you know, to learn more about yourself and what you like and don't like so that you can love and be successful in what you do. Um, and as far as, you know, being a woman in our field, I, I think that is more and more common in like academia, more of the research side of things, maybe more so in management, but not to the same, you know, magnitude. Um, but just kind of, you know, keep your head up. Like when I was coyote trapping in South Dakota, a lot of the landowners would just kind of be like, oh, sweetheart, like good luck out there. And, you know, just kind of brush it off. And, you know, you know what you're good at, you know, your skills and your knowledge and just be confident in, in that. Exactly. Don't let other people bring you down. <laughs> I have to tell myself that every day, especially I'm the social media poster. So I get all the comments and messages. Sarah, um, what would you tell people trying to get into this career? Yeah, that was a good point, Sam. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say similarly, uh, don't get discouraged and, and try and get outside of your comfort zone because um, typically I think what gets people is they see a job posting and they think they're not going to be qualified for it, so they don't even bother. But I think just having a background not in game, I went out of my comfort zone applying for this job and the interview went great and it sounded like a great place to be and people are willing to let you learn if it's a good fit. So don't get discouraged if the description is exactly what you want to find yourself doing. Um, definitely be flexible and be willing to, to reach out. And also, I think it's true, not just in, in this field, but kind of everywhere for women. You're going to get judged no matter what you do. So if you want to have a family, you get judged. If you want to have a career, you get judged. If you want to have both, you're going to get called either, either a good mom or you want to have a career. Don't just get discouraged by that because that's kind of something we have to take wherever we go. So again, just brush that off and, and do your thing. You're going to do a good job despite what other people think of you. Very good advice. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you were both awesome to have. And like I said, we're going to have to get, I really want to have both of you back on um, as you get more settled in. <laughs> and uh, maybe after you both reach your five-year mark, we'll have you back on. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Of course. And a reminder, the big game application period is now open through May 10th. So head to endowlicensing.com and you can apply for tags. And that does it for this week's Nevada Wild. Thank you everyone for listening. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.